Episode 2 of Drunk on God, I Don't Know Love. Welcome everyone to Drunk on God Episode 2. We are so excited with today to just speak with you about Ed's journey on, on how he didn't know love. And as a wife <laughs> and someone who has dated um, the love of my life in this earthly realm, Edmund, that uh, he actually said this to me and I would love to dive deeper into this because I know that sometimes as a wife or as a significant other, sometimes we may not feel appreciated by the man that we dedicate so much of our time to. And sometimes we may feel like they don't love us. Um, And so this is a perfect topic um, for us to dive into. So Ed, tell us a little bit about your journey with love and where you are now with this word love and this experience of love. Yeah. So we've been together for uh, 10 years almost, and we've been married for almost uh, actually over six years. Um, But before, before I, before I dated you, I was a mess in terms of um, I, I dated other girls, but I, I never loved any one of them because I, I always wanted to, to, to get the most out of the relationship. And if it was not satisfying me, then I was like, okay, next. Right? <laughs> yes. Before, before I met you, I think it was a few months before I met you. I, I told my mom, I was like, Hey mom, I don't think I'm gonna get married until maybe 40 when I'm 40 because I just didn't trust in relationships and you wanted to play around oh yeah absolutely (laughs) absolutely you you definitely messed up that plan (laughs) in terms of you know me wanting to just date around and not settle down um and so that was who i i was as as a as a man someone who didn't believe in love someone who uh fell out of love very easily Mm. with with the girls i was dating um, you think things got old quickly and I just, it was to more on. lust versus love, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely more, more lust than love. So when, when you and I got together, I think it was a few months into it. I brought up the topic of love. I, I told you, I don't know what love is. And I don't know if I'm capable of loving any woman because of my prior experiences. This is fascinating to me that he would say that to me at that time because I've dated um, quite a few men too before Edmund. And I was seeking for someone who would respect me, who would love me, who would take care of me. And Edmund is actually, there has been many great men in my life that I've dated, but Edmund is one of the best ones actually out of all of the people that I've dated. He he knew how to take care of me. He he would cook for me. He would um, open the door for me. He he loves me. He really respected me and um, and our relationship um, in the beginning as well. And I just felt so. I actually felt very loved by him. So for him to say that I don't know if I love you was quite a shock to me. But I, I thought to myself, no, he does know love because the actions that he presented to me 
were in my definition, extremely loving to me. So whatever he said, I, I just looked at what the action was instead of what he said. But I know that internally he had you Ed, was on this journey to search for love. Yeah, I, I definitely treated you the best out of all the girls I've dated. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and uh, <sighs> yeah, because when, when we first started dating, it, it just felt really natural and normal. Like we, we moved in together after a few months and it was just really natural. I didn't even think about the future. Like, oh, do I want to be with you long term? Everything just flowed. And I, I just saw myself in you. Because sometimes mm. when you're in a relationship with someone, uh, you feel like you and the other person are separate. And so you're trying to take as much as you can out of the other person. And if that other person doesn't satisfy you, then you move on to the next, hoping that the next person would satisfy you. So yes. it's more taking than giving in most relationships. Right. And for me, I, I would be giving on the other hand, but I would not be able to receive anything back because either they didn't give the same amount, sort of like what you're saying, they're just taking yeah. and they're not giving. And I'm, I'm just like exhausted from giving. Yeah. Yeah. So, so even though I, I knew I cared about you, I knew that I wanted to put uh, your needs and your happiness probably above mine. Uh, I just still didn't feel like I, I loved you um, because I, I had this murky definition of love because, because society you know, there, there is no one definition of love in our culture, in our society. It just depends on how you feel. Uh, and, and your feeling is so sporadic. It changes moment by moment. And so the definition of love changes moment by moment. And so I was just so confused because society doesn't really give you, you know, one mm. clear definition of love. And to me, love was so fragile uh, because for example if if you cheated on me I would definitely have left you back then because I would not tolerate that tolerate that and so love is so conditional to me so 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 I thought in my head if if love is so conditional it, it, is that really love like if 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 you had cheated on me would I still be able to be with you and be able to care for you and love you um, the same? Yeah, I just I I didn't know the answer to that, and I well I I knew the answer. the The answer would be no. I would break up with you if if you cheated on me. But you intuitively knew that that is not truly the definition of love. If love is supposed to feel unconditional, to exactly. You. Yeah, because because we talk about unconditional love a lot in in our society, but obviously no one practices it because half of the divorces, I mean, um, you know, marriages in California, half of them end up in divorce. Yeah. So obviously we don't really love each other. That's absolutely right. And it's heartbreaking to hear that. So Ed, what was the turning point for you, uh, when it comes to love? Uh, it was, it, it's still a journey for me. I mean, it, it's still a journey, but um, the, the turning point was when I looked at, really studied and looked at the gospel 
and how Jesus loves us. Like, he's, he's the best example of love. Whether- how, how did you come to the Gospels first of all? Um, maybe this is a good time to just talk yeah. a little bit about that to give our audience some background. Yeah, so I grew up Christian and Catholic. So um, e- each side of my family was you know, Christian or Catholic. And so we, we went to Catholic churches. We went to Christian churches. So I grew up. In, in the church. However, I never really studied the Bible. So the, the things that uh, pastors and, and priests teach you in sermons, um, you might not uh, be able to apply it to your lives as, mm-hmm. as um, deeply as you would if you truly study the Bible and, and truly listen to the word of Jesus, especially the gospel. And so I grew up even though I was in the church, I never knew Jesus. I never mm. knew his love for us. Not only just, uh, not only dying on the cross for us um, so that our, our sins would be forgiven and we can have everlasting life. It was more also about how he treated people while he was alive, while he was on this earth with us in his flesh. And so, uh, I picked up the Bible again last year and that truly changed our lives. But it wasn't, it wasn't in the beginning that it changed our life. It was actually uh, this year after our little baby was born that it started to speak to you more. Yeah. So, so we have a really cute eight month old uh, son, Nathan. And I want to jump in here because Ed also, you know, you, you would think that having a child with a man would lock a man down and say, oh my gosh, now that I have his child, he's never going to leave me because we have this cute little baby. And the first thing that Ed, I, that Edmund told me when we had this baby, he's like, I don't know if I love this dude. <laughs> yeah. When he came out, um, <laughs> I looked at him and I was like, I have no emotions for this dude. <laughs> he looks like an alien. And even though I saw everything, I saw him come out. Yeah, you were with me during the whole pregnancy, speaking to him too. Yeah, so I didn't feel that love for him. I had no love for my son. And um, because I didn't have that definition of love. So uh, my my journey with, with uh, love really peaked last year when, when we first started reading the Bible, but it was not until after our son was born that I, I got it. I, I finally got it. And, and it's still, it's, it's still a, a work in progress for me, but I unlocked the door um, to, to love. And, and that was through the gospel. That was through the New Testament and, and reading God's love, reading Jesus's love. And, and reading true love. <laughs> That's beautiful because I want you guys to listen very carefully what Ed said. It's not because of him falling in love with me that he knew love. It is not because of him seeing his son being birthed from my womb <laughs> that he found love. It is through reading the gospel and the New Testament that he discovered true love. Yeah, and and this definition of love is oh, you know, it's not it's it's it, it's not even about loving your wife, loving your son. It's about just love. I I don't, I don't know how to describe this other than the fact that when you look at Jesus, right? He's he's going around 
and healing people, giving his time to people, giving his all to everyone who asked to be healed. He, he never said no to anyone when it comes to healing. When, when someone wanted, wanted healing, he would give them healing and he would give it in the most compassionate, loving way, not in a judgmental way, not in a way where he felt like he was better than the other person. He just gave love and healing. And that is the best example of love in all of our lives. Because even with our kids, you know, most parents uh, raise their kids conditionally is I will love you if you if you obey. I, I, I will love you if you're a good child. I will love you if you stop crying at night. <laughs> I will love you if you stop crying. Oh, yeah, I I went through that as well. Like in the beginning, Nathan would not sleep. He would not stop crying and and sometimes I would get frustrated <laughs> um, and and just getting deep into the word of God and and reading the gospels truly changed my heart um, it, it truly gave me a heart transplant and it's not in the way that society tells us what love is like that that whole Hollywood love whether it's romantic or, or family love all that love is, is fake like it, it just gives us this um, this foundation of love that's on eggshells. Yes. They, in the Bible, it says that you build your foundation on sand. And when a storm comes, it will blow it away versus if you were to build your foundation on rocks. Yeah. And, um, and uh, that, that can't be more true. Uh, you know, the, the way that love is described by God and, and, and Jesus is so much more solid than it's what deep. society yes. yeah it's it's so deep it's it's unconditional um and so i the the journey of love for me really culminated in getting deep into the word of god so and then how are you now um how do you describe love from from what you know about god now and how are you allowing that to ch- change the way you behave Every yeah. Day. So I try not to rely on myself because when, when, when we try to make up rules and definitions in our own minds, you know, all of that is not true, right? It, it shifts all the time. Like how, so, so how do you find a definition of love that is never changing, that applies to everything and that's going to withstand the test of time? And so uh, I would love to share with you um, 1 Corinthians uh, verse 13 for, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, chapter 13, verse 4 to 7. It, it talks about love and it talks about how love is long suffering. And that means patience, right? L- love is kind. Love rejoices in truth. It bears all things. And the most important uh, part here that really spoke to me is love believes all things, which is faith. And I still struggle with having faith in other people. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very critical. I'm very uh, judgmental. Um, I'm very risk adverse. And so when, when, when it comes to people, um, I struggle to put down my guard and believe them. And so um, when, I, when I read this verse in the Bible that love believes all things, uh, 
it really opened up my heart to finally just say, I believe and I believe you. And obviously, uh, it's, it won't be to, to this point where I believe everyone and I get taken advantage you, of. You have right? discernment and discernment yeah. is another spiritual fruit that um, God helps develop in us when we come back home to him and mm-hmm. allow him to teach us these spiritual fruits. Yeah. And so what he's, or allow him to grow these spiritual fruits within us, like a little seed growing into a tree and bearing these fruits. And one of them is discernment. And when you have discernment, you can use your discernment to, to um, know what, who to decide um, yeah. what you want to believe in. So just looking at the definition of love in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7, it can apply to all areas of your life. Because um, here it defines love as, as not just the things that, that we just talked about, but it defines love of us as what it's not. So love is not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. It doesn't behave rudely. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. Um, it doesn't think evil. And it doesn't rejoice in inequity. So for example, uh, you know, as, as a new, new parent, I'm learning how to love Nathan. And as parents, the, the thing that, that gets in the way is uh, here in, in, in the definition of what lo- love is not, you know, love is not parading itself. Love is not envy. Love is not puffed up. A lot of times we love to compare our children with mm, other kids. Yes. And so. Like they're sleeping better than my kid. Right? Or they're sleep trained. They're and eating better. Not. Yeah. And, and, and it gets even worse uh, when, when they get older, right? School, college, jobs, marriage. Like you want your kids to be the best and have the best so then we can brag about it. And we've been through that. We come from yeah. an Asian family background and I there's so many conversations that I would hear my mom comparing me to my cousins or whomever's other child. Yeah, so I personally never loved my my parents or anyone else giving me praise. Mm. Right? When when someone says good job or when someone said, "Oh my god, you're you're the best." Those those words were, were like needles to my heart. For some reason, I, I never loved compliments and I still don't like compliments. Um, and I think it's because when, when it comes to love, you know, like, like the Bible says, love doesn't parade itself. Love doesn't puff it up. Love doesn't um, seek its own and, and envy. But that's what we do all the time with, with people around us, especially with our kids and, and significant others, right? We, we compare our significant others mm. with, with our friends and, and society. Yes. And, and that's where we get in trouble when, when it comes to our relationships because we don't truly love each other when we're comparing and when we're envying. Those, those distractions gets in the way. So beautiful that you explain all this. And I just want to draw up a quick little story to illustrate what Ed is talking about and what is now binding us as a couple together. So uh, when we got baptized, uh, we recently got baptized, actually. 
Um, and we could talk a little bit more about that in future episodes if you guys are interested. But one of the um, one of the believers who were praying over us um, gave us a prophecy, and they saw Emin and I dancing together. And in the middle of us is a big heart, and this heart represented Jesus, <laughs> the love of Jesus. And it's funny to me because you know before I met God, I I. I thought it was so silly that someone can sing these worship songs and talk about this invisible God, this, you know, invisible Jesus that I thought, you know, was dead a long time ago and, and love them as if they are their soulmates, as if they are the one, because in society they talk about, oh, you just need to find the one and the one will complete you. And I had no idea why that these people would worship Jesus as if they are the love of their lives. I could not phantom that. Um, but here I am telling you guys that, um, that it is truly the love of Jesus that has transformed Edmund even in the last couple of months uh, as he got deeper and deeper into scripture and into God's love and being able to receive God's love. And I don't know. I I don't know how our marriage could, could would have been been like without this anymore. Like I, I'm just so blessed and and so grateful that God has changed your heart and gave you a heart transplant. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you, Lord. Uh, it's 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 been truly amazing, um, and it's it's a work in progress. Right, it's, it's still a work in progress. It will always be a work in progress. We, we will never truly experience love in its essence um, unless we seek it from our Creator, who lovingly created us. Yes, that's right. They said Jesus created us from His heart, like right from His bosom, and we are made to love, um, to experience love, and. And most importantly, to experience all that, like what you said, from God's perspective, from how he saw us when he made us. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and God, I mean, love is, love is, I think, baked into minimalism because um, when it comes to minimalism, it's, it's all about cutting the fat, right? Cutting things that no longer serve your life. And love's the same way. Love is so simple, yet we make it so complicating by adding all these things on top of it. Conditions. Right, which which completely destroys our, our love for one another. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so so it's it's all about getting back into the root and the foundation, which is rooted in scripture and and just looking at how Jesus lived. Yeah, and allowing your creator, like you said, show you how he loves you every day. And that's why this this whole podcast is called Drunk on God. Yeah. And we want to reveal to you how we're receiving and um, God's love in our lives and how we're also learning to give that away as well. Yes. So thank you, Edmund, for sharing that beautiful story of love. And I'm I'm so grateful to be able to hear it. Uh, so let's close it out with a quick prayer. Would you like to do that for us? Sure. Let's do that. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time. 
with the world. Um, may you bless us. May you show us your love in every single thing that that we're doing in this lot in in this world. And Father, we want to seek the true essence of love, the true meaning of life, and the true relationship that you want us to have with everyone in our lives. So Father, by your grace and mercy, may you provide our lives with your love so that we can see the truth in it, so that we may live life with meaning and with purpose. Thank you, Father, for, for this beautiful day. We are so grateful for everything that, that we have in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So thank you for joining us on this episode. In the next episode, we will be talking about the grandpa and the psychic. So if you're curious about what that means, um, join us on the next episode. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Drunk on God and send us a message if you have any prayer requests. And make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you'll get notifications when the new episode is added. We'll see you next time. <laughs>